Okay, guys. So, it's Mike and David coming to you from LVO, Bally's Casino 2019. We are at the end of day one. And what a day it was. Yeah, so where do you want to start, Mike? Well, let me just say that despite a valiant effort, chaos is getting its butt kicked by everyone. <laughs> Relics of Lost Cadia abound. There are waves of strobe lights and pulse lasers everywhere. <laughs> chaos is here. Come shoot us. Yeah, this is not a good time if you're chaos, I guess. Well, our group from Texas hasn't uh, hasn't had the best round. We have a couple guys that are doing pretty well, but uh, uh, I think a bunch of us that usually do pretty good are uh, kind of struggling today. Uh, myself is one and two. Mike, yeah. you're you're one and two as well. Yeah, we've had some tough matchups today. Um, why don't you take me through your games? How'd they go? Well, uh, the first game was awful. Uh, much like my uh, experience <laughs> in Austin, uh, I pretty much showed up for a party and just. Got freaking mugged. It was awful. Uh, so up against um, Sarkis, I think his name was. Okay. Uh, he's got um, a, uh, a Twitch channel and everything. They gave me a, a sticker and oh, like wow. a, a thing. He's like, hey, come watch my, my Switch stream. Okay. But uh, he was playing uh, actually a pretty cool Dark Eldar army. I'll, I'll give him that. Uh, he uh, didn't do what a lot of Eldari players do with like. Bring in Anari and Craft World. Nope, it was uh, Homunculus Covens primarily, uh -huh. uh, with a uh, detachment of uh, Black uh, Black what's uh, the Black Heart? Yeah, uh, Ball Black Heart, Black Heart, and um, a Witch Coven, mostly so he could use the stratagem to get make get three Warlords. Yeah, and then he gave his Homunculus Warlord the thing that gives him additional D three. Uh, points, so it pretty much paid for itself. Okay. She got two free points out of that, which is clever. Um, the grotesques are not very mean. Uh, you plus one strength, toughness, and leadership from Yuri and Rakar, and the four up in one save just really pounded in the need to take death hats sometimes, <laughs> which I don't normally take in my army, I, because it's almost all short range less combat, I tend to be more worried about not getting shot to death, so I take my eyes my pestilence, right. and I uh, won't kind of, right. uh, but yeah, I think if I'd taken death hats, I would have not had the issues I did, because it pretty much in the back of my and uh, three ravagers in the back of the disintegrators and then the archon, with the relic, he has some of those re-roll wounds, and he gets re-roll hits, because he's an archon. It was a little bad. Uh, and of course, just making all those rolls, right? Oh, yeah. He's rolling fantastic. He's clearly the nice god's favorite thing that I've had. So I actually checked. He did lose his first Oh, yeah. So I took a certain amount of bleed. I'm sure he's having a certain amount But a second game game. Was a little better for me. Uh, it was a, a, a cow with five army. So it's the Riptide, the big burst cannon, and some deeper missiles, and various missile systems, which I kind of found confusing because if you're going to go with a particular Riptide, you might as well just go all in on this particular Riptide as opposed to go this one has this, this one has that. And I think you would actually have a kind of cow but so we brought aside Cold Star, Warfare, Fusion Guns, and there's a lot of lights. 
and a bunch of other sports and messages with a towel, 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 game. Yeah. Uh, literally, if I killed it, I would have won, but I didn't, so he won. 
Um, and, uh, it's uh, 18 to 22. That's a good game. Um, and uh, at the end of the game, he literally just had his shadow sword and uh, his three artillery tanks. I killed everything else. So for the for the folks that aren't familiar with your list, you've got um, you've got these uh, renegade chaos space marines. So you yeah. can advance and charge, and your list is basically designed around this. So you've got yes. tons of assault weapons. Um, you've got like a defiler. You've got help you mentioned. Um, you've even got some possessed in there, which apparently are like garbage. So the possessed are actually they're interesting. Right. Um, so the main thing that sucks about them is the random attacks. Right. So if they had just flat two or preferably three, <laughs> uh, possessed would actually be very solid. They're they're not expensive for what they do. They get uh, like less than 100, 110 points. Yep. For ten wounds, they're demons. They're five demons. Of five of invulnerable save. Yep. Two wounds model. Effectively got lightning claws. It's strength five. Um, they would they synergize well with a bunch of other units, but ultimately what winds up happening to my, the possessed almost every game that I play with them is that, except for a couple of fringe cases, they wind up getting. Like hitting the unit that they, they aren't necessarily ideal against, right? Or hitting something that is just so soft that I could have hit them with my armor chaos space marines and they've died. So they're fighting uphill pretty much every yeah. time they're trying to trying to. Um, do and, and well, I have had good games with them. Just um, it's very difficult to get them in a good position, which is a really inter- an odd thing because my mutilators do great every time. Wow! And though that's a unit that's even more reviled than possessed. Because of their bad move, but the, the Renegade ch- uh, chapter really helps it. And the thing that I added for this is um, actually, so chapter approved reduced my army count by almost 200 points. Right. And so I, I started summoning Horticulic Slimix, and the trees that he summons synergize really, really well with the uh, Obliterators and the Possessed in particular, because the plus two to saves. Means that as opposed to having to keep them in reserves to deep strike them, now I just feel that all right, they're on the table, and your opponent has to shoot you with the most dangerous weapons in the game just to budge your armor. Wow! With even a volcano cannon or a melta, you still get a four up save, which is ridiculous. <laughs> and of course, nobody wants to go near the tree, so you can use them for area denial, and it helps uh, other de- demon units like the, particularly the uh, defiler. Because it lets you move and shoot normally, and you can fall back and shoot. You can advance and shoot. It's, it's great all around. Yeah. And slime mix actually turns. It turns out it's super killy. Wow. Because he gets. I thought that. Four attacks. But his only purpose was to just bring trees. <laughs> you know. Him, right? you, you know what? He hits actually um, almost as hard as the uh, Helbert does. What? He's got four attacks hitting on twos. Okay. At a high strength. Good AP, like AP minus three, damage D3. Wow. And then he gets an extra attack that it's on twos, strength seven, <laughs> AP minus three, damage three. Wow. Just, okay. <laughs> There's that. Yeah. Right? <laughs> um, and I think I'm not, I haven't been using them as well as I could, but uh, he definitely, is, once my opponent figures out what he does, we'll sink way too much resources into killing him, which. Worked out really well game two, and even three, but game one, I don't think he did anything. Yeah. It's just sort of sad. Yeah. Um, so you scored really well game two, right, against yes. Tau. Um, yeah. And your other two games were kind of a, an uphill battle, it sounds like. So 
you know, in in turn in game two, how how did like in per- terms of scoring, was it just things were just wiped out and you just were controlling the map at that point? So game two really came down to my opponent not knowing what to do, um, and so I controlled all three objectives the entire game gotcha. uh, with almost no attempt to contest them until the very end. So it sounds like a kind of like a, a I'm going to play gun line with you know the. These yeah. are the typical good I, so guys. Right? I, I talked to him a bit before we sort of split ways, and right. I, I got very much the distinction that he's used to being able to kill his opponent so hard turn one that he there's no chance for them to push on him like I did. But what was the difference in this game? This the difference was really is well one I went first, and uh, it was only, because the the woman was only an eighteen inch separation as opposed to normal twenty four. And so with my army, that means that I disembark three, move six, advance a d6, and so it's charged. And then I charge two d6. Or I could throw in a warp time on a unit that I need to get it for. And you don't even And so, yep. really, so you turn I was one. on him turn one and wow. did not get off of him until turn five. That's and a problem for Tau. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I actually wound up taking several units hostage at several points. And. Using that to your Using, advantage. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, can't shoot him. Can't shoot at me. Interesting. So who is your MVP today in your army? Uh, MVP is probably going to have to go to... And this is the first. Uh, the Hellbrute. So what did the Hellbrute do? So turn one... So the, the first game, the Hellbrute... Well, didn't have a good time. Uh, I was, he sort of used it to test the waters to see just how hard... The uh, Dark Eldar were, and so I just shot him straight across the board, turn one, and okay. he like, dropped his flamers, ran in, and then got hit with a Vexator mask and had to go last and died. But uh, turn, so the, the other two games though, the Hellbrute just ran in and went berserk. Uh, killed a Riptide, killed a bunch of drones and fire warriors in and, and the second game, and then the third game. The Hellbrute was walked up. Uh, <laughs> like, didn't advance him, warp-timed him up another eight, and then dropped two flamers, wiped a unit of um, uh, Skatari Rangers, charged into a... Uh, some, I think it was the... I'm not familiar. It's some sort of Forge World vehicle okay. that he had mulched it and then <laughs> it was dead it was, it was really I, I didn't even bother to learn what it was because it's like okay well that's dead <laughs> but uh, the, the then the, the, the sort of proudly moment of the day for him was the uh, he got charged by you know Fulgurite Electro Priests and proceeded to kill eight of them with Overwatch okay which is fantastic Okay. So <laughs> they come in and then uh, they deal mortal wounds on a six whenever for each model whenever they charge in, mm-hmm. and so he dinged the hell brute for a mortal wound, and then the uh, drill came in expecting just kill me, and the hell brute crazed and oh, just proceeded no. to just <laughs> go absolute ape shit on this drill, murdered it, and then he killed the. Um, Electro priests during the actual assault phase. Oh, that's awesome! Crazed again. It's like one of the the few times crazed 
Hawks oh, no. in the game he, somehow, he eats right? better. Okay. So the Electro Priest did damage to him, dealt six wounds, he had one wound left. And the Shadow Sword had tried to charge at him and got stopped by this three-man squad of Marines that I threw in between them. And Helbert crazed again at the end of the assault phase. Piled in and just <laughs> went to town on the Shadow Sword, which set up my the turn to charge. I was like, yeah, I got this. Yep. And just whiffed. The mutilators ruined it. Oh. It was so beautiful. Yeah, I was very happy with my Helbert today. Which is not usually something that I can say. Yeah. Generally because I tend to use and abuse my Helbert in very awful and horrifying ways. Well, we're a good ways into this so far. Um, we should probably kind of come back to Thousand Sons a little bit. You know, yeah. probably. Yeah. Uh, so as you guys know that I'm, I'm running a few Thousand Sons on my lists. Um, and I actually face Thousand Sons today. So... My uh, so I'm sitting at you're sitting at one and two. Yeah, I'm also sitting at one and two. Um, first game for me was actually a win for me, so it set me up. I I won pretty big, thirty two. I think it was like sixteen or something like that. It was actually a really good match. Um, faced a guy out of Canada um, who was running Death Corps of Creek, which you know, hats off to him, man. I mean. This, Poor army is just kind of sitting there waiting to get some assistance <laughs> and get some get some rules help, right? Yeah. And um, so he did a really good job. Uh, we drew hammer and anvil on the first mission. Um, basically, what I recall was set up was um, he had most of his stuff in buildings like his cultists and stuff like that or not his cultists i'm sorry his is they look like cultists with the masks and everything yeah, yeah. uh his guardsmen basically were in buildings um he was doing a good job of hiding and then he had the um the grenadier carts and uh what he did a really good job of doing was advancing them and then popping smoke and staying, you know, within range. Uh, so he took recon, so he was able to move up the board. So he got really aggressive with those and came right straight at me. And so I was taking more of a um, move up the middle approach. Um, I deployed pretty far forward, uh, looking at his army, looking at, you know, the way he was set up. He had um, two shield captains and one shield captain, uh, I believe, in Terminator armor that could come down. Um and he had two, um, uh, I think they're chimeras, uh, possibly, that were sitting in the middle. Um, yeah. I, I, they might have been chimeras. They might have been something else. But uh, I believe that's the only thing that's actually a transport. And he had guys get yes. out. So, in any case, um, he had two of them sitting in the middle. And I'm essentially walking up the board and basically just deciding, I'm going to take the middle of the board here. And he had three Helverns walking around in the back of the board. I ignored the Helverns for pretty much the first three rounds. Just didn't even deal with them. Um, and the, the reason I did that was mostly because um, he's going to be hitting me. Like, I'm Alpha Legion. I've got the minus one. I'm going to rely on that for most of the game. I'm just going to say, hey, look, I know you're going to shoot my dreads. I'm just going to move up. I'll, I'll take what I can off of that. I've got five up in bones. Um, you know, it's minus one to hit, so I'm just going to kind of, you know, play the odds there. So I moved up the middle, and his carts kind of flanked me on both sides. And what I was able to do, I thought that was pretty good, was I was able to sneak my Zangors up in range to charge him turn two. 
yeah. that, because I saw those carts coming, and I got the Zangors in there, and they, I mean, you know, Zangors will get in there, and they will wreak havoc. Um, so even just 10 of them that I had got up the board and stopped that. On the other side, it was a little bit more difficult because he had a squad of guardsmen. He had two of the carts coming up the other side, and he put his shield captains kind of like playing mop-up duty kind of behind the first wave. And kind of to deal with that, I threw the drill at him. <laughs> and the drill proceeded to eat both shield captains on the bikes uh, in one turn. And this was kind of a theme that I experienced for my first couple games where I would get the drill into combat and I'd get kind of the inevitable question. So are those things good in combat? And I'm kind of like, why? Yes. Yes, they are. Um, and let me tell you why. And it will be mortal wounds, you know, flying everywhere. Uh, so essentially, the drill ate two shield captains. Uh, one of them lived. Uh, he got away with one wound. Uh, but for the all intended purposes, he ate both of them. Uh, it, it died, but it already did its purpose. I made a huge gaffe, though, in this game. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what happened. Maybe it was the first game just not being completely with it this morning, but uh, I forgot about my Rubric Marines. I left them the drill. And, <laughs> and so it w we went all the way into the next turn, and I'm sitting there, and I'm like, wait a second. Where, where are my guys? Like, the drill's dead, and I, don't, I didn't do anything with my Rubric. Oh, no, you got to be kidding me. And, I'm, I mean, we're a turn later. I can't bring them back. I can't put them on the board at that point. I'm like, oh, you idiot. So I was, I was pretty much at that point, like, adamant on recovering from that. And uh, thankfully, uh, my psychers with their abilities, well, first of all, he had his Primera Psyker blow up. <laughs> and in um, the process of blowing up, he blew up one of his other uh, psychers there. Uh, what's the lesser psyker that I forget what it is? Yes, Astropath. the Astropath. Yes, so he had the primary, uh, he had the Psyker standing there, and he periled double ones, and popped, and it was just enough. It was three to kill the kill the Psyker, and then it was you know okay, well it's D three now to everything around, and you watch the next one pop, and at that point you could kind of see like he his that was kind of his psychic defense against me and i've yeah. got three i've got a, like three psychers on the board so i've got enough that he can actually affect what i'm doing uh and with those losing that was that was a big thing uh and then from there i just basically proceeded to um pretty much just mop up with the butcher cannons and everything and the weight of the fire coming out um by taking out the shield captains he had no way to really come at me and yeah. and and you know, really damaged me, and um, his other shield captain that was in Terminator armor came in behind the lines, and, um, you know, I dealt with it for a little bit, but um, kind of held off that wave and, and, you know, scored really well. So, anyways, in a, in a long story short, that, that was probably my favorite game of the day, probably more because I won, but um, it, it was more that it was a really good game, and the guy was really cool. We had a good time. He's playing Death Court. I mean, yeah. I'm like, this is going to be um, second game was a real tough matchup for me. Um, I faced a guy from SoCal. He actually was running Thousand Suns. 
And I'm going to give him credit here. So there's a lot of people that go and they run Thousand Suns of Supreme Command. Yeah. And I will be probably one of the first people to say, look, you're not actually playing Thousand Suns. You're playing their, their sorcerers. All right, it's great. He essentially had three demon princes. He had three sorcerers in Terminator armor with familiars. He had Aramon. Uh, and then he had just a bunch of cultists. And he had three squads of nerdlings. So he had barely anything discreet. Yeah. Here's how I lost this game. I spent the whole game shooting nerdlings that I couldn't see. Not killing them because of their 5-up, five 5-up. Five uh-huh. While he proceeded to smite me left and right from behind those and I could not target his characters. Yeah. That was pretty much how that game went. Now, it probably, like, points-wise on the, on the paper looks a lot closer because I spent a lot of game, a lot of time positioning and so this was actually a slow game and it was a it was a war of um who can position better and unfortunately with nurglings just sitting in the in the middle and each turn he's getting recon because he's sitting in the middle in this in the ruins yeah you know that that just did not work out in my favor um in hindsight in my thousand sons list that i'm working on moving towards and actually before lbo i practiced with a scorpius in my list and it occurred to me after some, you know, reflection after this game that had I had the Scorpius, I might not have been sitting in that situation. Because in two turns, the Scorpius should be able to wipe out Nurglings left and right. Yeah. You, you get that two damage on the thing. That's all you need that's different than the Greater Havoc launcher. Yeah, but I mean, it negates the Nurglings' ability to control my pain. Exactly. Exactly. So that's pretty much how that game went. Um, but it was a great game. Zach was a great guy. Um, he actually had played one of our uh, Texas uh, teammates uh, the next game, and that did not go well for him. Um, he tried to... He, apparently, from what I heard, he put his nerglings into enclosed buildings. And because they are swarms, they're basically stuck there all game. Yeah. And so our, our guy was able to pretty much just rush his sisters in and... You know, I don't care about the Nurglings at this point. So for all of you out there who are thinking, you know, hey, I'm going to use Nurglings, well, there's a gotcha there for it. Nurglings yeah. cannot go through walls because they are swarm. So. Uh, finally, my last game um, was probably the closest of all of them uh, because I was actually winning. I had the game in, my, in hand, well in hand. Uh, my opponent was playing um, Cadian's with a Castellan and four tank commanders. Uh, essentially, Pask and three tank commanders. Yeah. Um, and I had him dead to rights because he had moved his guards forward. This was the third, third round. He had moved forward to take the objectives, which meant he left a whole flank right by the Castellan wide open. And with taking Kingslayer on it, it was just points to be had. In all of my testing games that I've had pre-hand, I've been playing list against Castellans, and I had a formula that involved a combination of smite, death hex, obliterators, uh, you know, targeted psychic powers, and even using the murder sword. Uh, I put all of that into action, and it proceeded to just flop yeah. completely. And this was, you know, nine out of ten games. This will work effectively. This was the one game where the dice betrayed me, and from that point on, the Castellan just cleaned up. And it, it was pretty much game over at that point. Mm-hmm. I did not have enough to recover. 
Um, I'm actually really thankful that in both of my losses, I pulled out 20-plus points in those games. Um, I thought I scored really well. Um, so, you know, that, that game, it ended up coming down to Relic Acadia. Um, just, I mean, that that's what happens. You're chaos, you go up to play Cadians, you're pretty much knowing you're going to do that. Yeah. And so, luckily, I got to go first. I got to take my first stab at it. Um, I thought I did a really good job. Um, they have these line-of-sight blocking hills mm-hmm. on the terrains here. Um, and they're tall enough uh, to block a Deradio Dreadnought with the yeah. missile launcher on top of it. They are, they're pretty tall terrain mm-hmm. pieces. And I thought I did a good job of basically moving my Dreadnought Death Star into line-of-sight blocking areas where his tank commanders, I, I was really only having one of them shoot at me, and his tank commanders were shooting, you know, he was basically having to shoot cultists, or, yeah. you know, basically saying, well, I have nothing to shoot at that point. Um, I thought that worked really, really well for me. But, you know, at the end of the day, it just, I mean, you whiff on the Castellan, and then, you know, for one point, he can pretty much act on his top tier. That was, I mean, what am I supposed to do against that? That's just yeah. kind of, you know, you're, you're going to feel a lot of pain from that. So I did my best to hide from them. Um, MVP today for me, without a doubt, the Dreadnoughts. I mean, the, <laughs> I, how can they not be? They just, the Butcher Cannons are so good. And they're minus, these guys are minus one to hit. They they just, the, anything I wanted to shoot at, the, except for in game two, a play Burst Crawler. And I, I give credit to my opponent making... Tons of four-up saves, left and right. Can't do anything about that. That's just going to happen, yeah. right? So um, that's pretty much how the games went for me. Um, elsewhere in the tournament, uh, it sounds like uh, your, your pretty, pretty typical cast of characters are up at the top. Uh, Nanavati's up there. He's running orcs. Yeah, evil sons. Yep. Um, there's, been, uh, there's been a few folks that uh, have actually taken some losses early in the tournament that are kind of surprising. Um, what do you think is doing really good? Gunline-type gun armies? So the gunline armies, I th- actually, I think, are uh, sort of gatekeeper-less, a little like uh, night lists were in the, our previous tournaments. Because uh, what I'm seeing happening, looking through with the people that, um, even like the guy who beat me round one, mm-hmm. he's like very highly ranked in ITC overall, um, wound up losing round three. Yeah. Um, because I, what winds up happening with these the sort of the gunline list is that even they have a ton of firepower and they have able to if they can keep their opponent at arm's reach, do very well. If the opponent is able to outmaneuver them or break through their front vanguard, the entire thing falls apart. It just falls apart, yeah. Which is what happened to, like, the Tau guy and what could have potentially happened to the Imperial Guard guy. Yeah. Um, and I think with the armies that are doing very well are armies that do have a very strong firebase so like evil sons have rely on ludas and mostly ludas for them because of their particular clan culture um but have a very strong aggressive force to push across with um and the name of the game if you're going to score very well very much seems to be the ability to sort of pack your opponent away into a corner and keep them from interacting with Bonds the objectives. Yeah. And if you can do that, you'll pull, you'll score very well. Yeah. Hard to do when you got, you know, 
you're outnumbered, basically, yes. right? Because the your numbers game is or it not necessarily your model numbers, but your unit numbers yeah. tend to matter at that point, right? Which is why I think uh, players like Nanavati have actually switched to orcs is because at the moment they're ideal for that type of play, right? Um, other than that, uh, knights are. As ever, very popular. Uh, actually, mean, I think there is actually a knight player who's gone th- uh, three and zero. Pure knight. Uh, pure knights. Yeah. Um, but uh, the I was looking at the rankings earlier, and there were actually were two that sort of I thought were interesting. I, I don't know what the lists involved are, but there's actually a Chaos Space Marines player uh-huh. who's gone three and zero today. Um, there's also a Blood Angels player. Uh-huh. Um, and I'd be interested in seeing what their lists contain. Right. Because those armies don't tend to rank very well. Yeah. At least compared to other... Just uh, pure... You're talking pure blood angels. Yeah, pure, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, I know that looking at th- some of the Thousand Sun armies, um, there's at least one that's up there. I think he's uh, in the top 20, if yeah. I recall correctly. Um, there's a really good guy. Uh, I think it's Jim Vessel out of Canada, who's, who's pretty good. Um, I think he unfortunately dropped his third or his third round game um, and lost that one, um, I, if I'm recalling correctly. And uh, that, uh, that would be kind of surprising that, you know, some of, the, some of those guys that were actually, I think, vying for that top spot in Thousand Suns are, mm-hmm. you know, I think they're just running into these things. So, or running into these, you know, armies you don't expect, that kind of thing. Like, yeah. you know, you get shoot nerdlings and I can't kill nerdlings kind of scenarios where you're going okay this is this is happening so mm-hmm. um, so tomorrow I mean sounds like uh, we're in for another three rounds and uh, we'll see if we can come back and give some more feedback uh, Mike you got any closing thoughts on the well, tournament so far uh, the uh, there's actually one thing that I would guess say the table design uh, you talked about earlier the, yeah. the, like the Lions have Lucky Tales I actually like very much but my third game actually I lucked out um, the uh, terrain very much favored my side of the table there's this big line of side blocking ruin in the middle mm-hmm. that only has cover from two directions right and nothing if, literally if the re- roles have been reversed. Like, if he had tried to cross over to me, he'd have had no cover. So, if I'm hearing you right, it's the L-shaped type yeah. building, right? Yeah. Just not a good yeah, so piece it's a of common, terrain. Yeah, it's a, it, that's a common thing that I ran into, where it was the... That was that was where the Nerdlings were sitting, basically. Yeah. And on the other side, you're not, I mean, you just can't, mm-hmm. you can't do anything about it, so... Um, oh, and also, uh, I guess the other thing, uh, ran into my first chess clock. Oh yeah, today, which I understand how that thing could be important in certain types of play, especially if there's the suspicion that your opponent is going to slow play. However, I very much felt it was detrimental to our game. Okay. Mostly the reason why is that because obviously the time is recorded. Um, the I actually felt it led to a little more hostility mm. than it might otherwise been to a contention over whose time, you know, it, should time it should be. Yeah. So, for instance, I actually messed up with it uh, my first turn because 
he set it to my time and I just never pushed the button. I didn't even think about it because I'm, I'm not used to playing with it. And it's probably it's, it's like my five fantasy. minutes off of your time <laughs> just doing that, maybe more. So it took literally, my first turn took literally half my time. Wow. Because move forward, psychic, shooting, and then almost 20 minutes of Overwatch. Wow. And I, towards the end, I was very cognizant of the fact that because of that, I was very low on time compared to my opponent. And so any chance I got, I'd push the button because, oh, well, you're rolling dice, now I'll push the button. Right. And at the end, I think he was starting to uh, get a little angry because <laughs> there'd be times where literally as a declare thing, roll dice, push button. And he'd have to take, like, get his dice ready. I, I'd lose. He spent more t- of his time trying to react to what I was doing than he did during his own turn doing stuff. It's a little backfiring. Because kind of yeah, I think he very much backfired on him. So this is a good, this is a good thing you brought up because I think uh, the way... So ITC just published their code of conduct on this and that basically their ruling is if one of the two players requests the time clock, you're playing with the time clock and you're yeah. playing under those time clock rules. And uh, basically you just divide the time and each of you have half the time that's on there. Um which, if you think about it, from, from my standpoint when I look at it, if you're a player very serious about com- competitive play, it is a disadvantage to you at this point to not use a chess clock. To not be used to playing with a chess clock. It's, it's perfectly fine to show up and just say, hey, you know what, we're not going to be using it. Okay, that's fine. That just might not be your thing. Yeah. But if you are not used to playing with it, um, and I, I don't want to say that people are actually doing this, but... You, if you look at the way it's structured, you can essentially gain an advantage by being used to it, insisting in every game that you use it, mm-hmm. and then catching. I'm sure you'll catch people who don't play it, just like the situation you you were just in, where you're not used to it, you're off guard, and now suddenly, it's affected how you play. Yeah. It's affected you know how you're thinking about the game, what what you're thinking about, like. Constantly, you're now thinking about time, maybe yeah. not focused on other aspects of the game. So, uh, you know, I look at that and I say, you know, if, if that's what the, how the rule is going to be applied, maybe they don't continue to do this. But if that's how they're going to do it, it kind of is in the favor of, you know, everybody should just be used to using a chess clock all the time until they change that rule. Yeah, and the thing that I guess that might really bothered me about it ultimately at the end is the fact that uh, they, like, literally his last turn, the... the Guys, the TOs just announced that 10 minutes left. I had like five minutes on the clock. You left. My opponent had like 10 minutes on the clock. And I announced a shooting attack, and my opponent started arguing about it. Hmm. Whose time is that? Do every time he talks, should he be his time? Or it's yeah. very. Yeah. It's just, it gets I, I understand the intent. I, just, I don't think the way that these, it was done today was conducive to a good game right i hear you well we'll see what happens there because i mean that i think it's kind of a it's interesting because the people you hear that talk about it say they don't like it um in general yeah i mean the most people you you just bring the topic up and it's kind of either you know eyes rolling or yeah we've got chess clocks that kind of thing and then on the flip side you realize you know what you're facing 900 orcs on the table or genes or tyranids and 
you know, that this is why that's there because you just will never finish a game. Hell, I mean, for those who follow what I've been doing last year, 90 plague bearers. Uh, there were plenty of games I had that did not finish out. Yeah. Six, tur- uh, six turns. Now, getting to the GTs, those actually started to get uh, a lot better where, the, you know, I was finishing six, six, mm-hmm. uh, six full turns. But um, that's a challenge when you have that many models, especially in a positioning army as well where you've mm-hmm. got to make sure you've got the right distance. Um, you thought you've thought through your your range and your distances, those kind of things. So, um, you know, we'll see what they do with it. Yeah. Uh, other than that, it, it's actually been a great great event so far. I mean, there's there's it's a great venue. It's in a good place. Um, you know, and most most of the games I've had so far have been really positive and neat. I've lost two of them, and I'm having a good time. So, yeah. I mean, that tells you what you need to know. So, well, with that. I think we'll close it out for today yeah. and day one and uh, remind you guys that uh, Magnus did nothing wrong. Yep. That's right. He didn't do anything wrong today. True facts. So, Until next time, guys. Yep.